You're listening to a Monkey Buns production. Hello and welcome to Alfie Pod's Fantasy Footy FPL Weekly Edition, the show for football fans who love to geek out on the official Fantasy Premier League with a balance of stats, partisan opinions and football banter. My name is Alfie, I'm a live comedy entertainer, unofficial beer taster for Britain and unashamed Portsmouth supporter. Each week I'm joined by experienced FPL content writers from around the globe as they heroically lend me their skills and guide me through their philosophies and tactical choices for the fixtures that lay ahead. On this episode, we look ahead to Game Week 6 and in Game Week 6, there are some big fixtures. We got the North London derby, we got the A23 derby, and we've also got Chelsea versus Man City. We'll be assessing if there are, in fact, any points for fantasy managers in those fixtures. We'll also be discussing the state of Leicester, and I'll be asking Is Bernie's Chris Wood the secret differential for the next two game weeks? These questions and more, much, much more, in our chatty football pie. Hello and welcome to the FPL Weekly. I am Alfie and you are you and thank you for joining us. <laughs> this is a terrible intro already, isn't it? Um, I'm also joined by my wonderful guests from the flatlands of the Netherlands. A footballer still clinging on to second place in the Elf Pods League of Death. Cook de Migdag, Jordi van der Lan. Hang on, let me try that. Well, hang on, let me try it again. Cool de Migdag. Goedemiddag. Goedemiddag. Ah, you Dutch. No, dog. God. No, it's Migdag. You, 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 you can't pronounce the G. We say. Okay. Goedemiddag. 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 Oh, it's, it's, it's almost close to Swedish, but not that. Anyway, Jordi, how are you? How's the club search update going? Uh, well, let's not talk about that. <laughs> okay, it's, well, it's it's going down again. No, it's uh, yeah, I'm still in the waiting room, so um, I need to be patient. That's all I can say. The the injury injuries going fine, so oh, that's good yeah. news at least. Yeah. Well, if you want me yep. to have a word with them, just just let me know. I can do that. I'll drop them a line. <laughs> um, I'll give you a call. <laughs> calling from sunny Dublin. <laughs> Hilarious. Still holding off using his wild card. It's seasoned FPO legend Matt Kearney. How are you, Matt? Uh, not too bad, Alfie. Thanks. Is the wild card on the horizon? It, it is. It's it's in my back pocket, uh, itching to come out. <laughs> he makes sure nothing else comes out of that back pocket. <laughs> well, good. And also joining us on the phone from Colombia, a man who refuses to talk about his captain choices anymore, especially about his choice to choose Lukaku over Salah in the last game week. <laughs> it's Will, aka Top Marks. How are you, Will? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine apart from another disappointing game week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get to that. Okay. I've so- been crying. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't you did all right okay before we look at the scores and we look ahead to game week six let's have a quick game week five roundup game week roundup 
Newcastle and Leeds kicked off a game week five, carrying out a thrilling 1-1 draw with Rafinha, predictably scoring a goal, and the unpredictable St. Max predictably scoring an unpredictable goal. Although the muted boos for Bruce means it's not all sexy stepovers for the Magpies. Brentford took a big poo on the anticipated Wolves party, beating Lager's men 2-0 at Molyneux. Arsenal squeaked a 1-0 win past Burnley, while Southampton held a slightly ragged pep to a 0-0 draw at the Etihad. After some path, Liverpool eased their way past Pat's Palace, with Sadia reminding us that when it comes to this fixture, he's still the Mane man. Watford let Road know who the worst team in the Premier League is as the Canaries choke in the smoke by 3-1 defeat. Leon Bailey makes it Villa Bay 3-0 against Everton with a cameo appearance any Class A ninja would be proud of. Brighton go third with a win against a spluttering Leicester. United ring the Nobel edging past West Ham despite last minute penalty drama. And finally Chelsea spank Spurs bottoms proving that to beat Tuchel's men you may have to do more than just stop Lukaku. <laughs> If only Spurs had Harry Kane. Game Week Roundup. Okay, so that was Game Week 5. Looking at Game Week 6, let's look how you got on at Game Week 5. A healthy 57 for me takes me to 7th in the FPods League of Death, the most important league there is. Will, an even better 62, takes you to 10th. Matt, a middling 51 keeps you afloat, but you drop down to 5th in the FPods League of Death and down to 225k overall. And your D, fresh off a wild card, 62 points, same as Will. <laughs> but you remain in second behind Michael Carstens. And 59k overall. Were you happy with your wild card choice, your D? Uh, if the question is, were I happy with pulling the wild card trigger, then yes. But yeah, obviously, it's a long term play. But I would have preferred to get a little bit more points last week. Well, but but it's it's it, it wasn't bad it 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 was okay. Yeah, but are you? It's a the long term plan is in place now, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's about it's about the 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 because I went three premiums. Uh, maybe we will come to that subject later on. But it's the the main thing is the switch rule between Ronaldo around game week seven, game week eight, and how I distribute the funds. So yeah, let's see how it pans out. Ooh, exciting times. Um, so plans this week. Matt, you're looking to shift Simicass. Jordi, you're looking like you're going to be holding your transfer probably this week. Yep. And Will, you're probably Captain Lukaku again. <laughs> I've sold him already. Oh, you haven't? I have. Why? I've, rage. <laughs> rage. I was just so... Yeah, I've sold him. He's become Ronaldo. So, so does that mean you're dead ending your team? And playing for a wild card no I just looked at it I thought um, I actually prefer Ronaldo in game week 7 and Mm. game week 6 over Lukaku so I just felt look get him it's just so annoying like I just so annoyed I just did it to stop me and also I did it I got so basically I did two moves I'll be clear what I did I sold Greenwood and Lukaku for Saar and Ronaldo and I think Saar's a good pick. He's got Newcastle this week. Greenwood, yeah, he's still getting into the box, but it's basically Ronaldo. Ronaldo's just like getting so many chances. <laughs> it's insane. I st- I think he could do well against Aston Villa. I think he's potentially a better captain shout than Salah. I'm just going straight into it here. And uh, and I think in uh, game week seven, and when Chelsea play Southampton and Manu play Everton, I think Ronaldo could be the better pick then as well. So I'm kind of thinking, have him for two game weeks and then do the switcheroo, the hokey-cokey back to, back to Lukaku. In game, week, in game week nine. So no Lukaku in the next two game weeks, next three game weeks for you, which is good news for the rest of us. 
because that will mean that he'll score, right? Is that not how it works? Basically, yeah. Good. Well, that's very nice of you, Will, to do that. Very nice of you. Okay. Shall we talk some? Let's look ahead to game week six. Matt, Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. You watch this one. Um, you could say a revitalised Palace were unlucky in this fixture, but everything went to script. Obviously, Mane scored his ninth consecutive goal against the Eagles. Salah got a goal and an assist. Liverpool kept another clean sheet, and Trent proved how much of a poison chalice he is. Seems trite, but are you yet convinced by Liverpool moving forward? Yeah, I, I think they're a good source of FPL points. Um, obviously, I, I had Salah captain and Simicast who actually played and got a clean sheet. But I, I couldn't help but feel a bit hard done by by the time the full whistle had gone. Obviously, Jota had missed that sitter of a chance. Uh, Salah's assist for Mane, it, it was from a Simicas corner who Salah headed on initially. So, you know, that could have been something. Um, uh, Salah's goal was a flick on from Van Dijk from the corner, which Simicas took. And then Simicas got a yellow card later on. So... You know, it was kind of a game of what could have been. It felt like he was another day might have had a double digit uh, haul. Um, likewise with Jota, but um, I, I can't complain with, with with Salah's return, especially as your captain. You want your captain to be hitting those. It's a good figure, captain uh, choice, I believe. A good captain choice. Yeah, um, and it's funny because the last few games I've watched Salah, I, I've never been as confident as other seasons. I've often thought he was, you know, hugging the touchline a lot. But he was getting into the box a lot more this game. Um, he definitely looked a lot more threatening. So, he, yeah, Salah looks in, in a good place right now. But obviously there's other concerns there for me with the likes of Jota and, and Firmino returning to training this week. Yeah, that's something I'll have to reassess. Can we agree on that Salah's just on another level this season? Yeah, he's definitely definitely stepping it up, yeah. Yeah, he's looking he's, very, he's, very he's good. Looked, he has looked brilliant every game. And it's not just going forward, it's tracking back... Uh, mm-hmm making recoveries, uh, giving cover to whoever plays right back, or he's just amazing this season. He just needs to keep his jersey on when he uh, when he scores. Yeah. Get an extra few points. <laughs> but it, it, it does look good, though. Yeah, what a horrible <laughs> sight, eh? <laughs> I think he definitely plays well with the uh, with the crowd back in, in store, doesn't he? I think. Um, uh, going back to Jota, though, Matt, he missed that, did miss that horrific open goal. So frustrating. Um, but he's getting chances. I've heard rumblings that you're looking to shift him on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're looking to shift him on and Greenwood as well. So what, what your, what's your thought process there? Well, I, I don't know if it's going to happen this week. I might have to just hold on to them until I wildcard in maybe two weeks' time. Um, I, I would love to get rid of them now and jump on to somebody else. Um, unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to just sit tight. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things you could step down to a player about six and a half million, six million, and then transfer the funds into a different area of the team. Or yeah, um, it's a bit tricky because if we look at the fixture changes, you know, Leeds and Leicester are probably the two that stand out for me. And I'm, I'm not really sure of where those teams are at at the moment. Um, Leicester haven't really, you know, come flying out of the blocks at the minute, like the Leicester we've seen in other seasons. Um, and Leeds have been a bit up and down so far. Um, obviously, Rafinha will be a, an obvious choice if, if you didn't have him. So, yeah, there, there's not a whole lot of options. So I, I don't know whether I'm just going to grin and bear another couple of weeks of, well, definitely Greenwood. Jota is probably more of a priority with the return of Firmino coming back. Um, 
uh, you know, I, I could see this weekend maybe 60 minutes for Jota and Firmino getting the last half hour. Maybe a case Jota comes off before the 60 minute mark. If he hasn't returned, you could be looking at a one pointer. So hopefully I'm just being a bit cynical and, you know, he, he can actually do something before I get rid of him. But it's been a bit frustrating, you know, actually nailing, you know, getting Jota when he's nailed and, and not getting the returns for, for seven and a half million. It's, it's very, very disappointing. But there's a whole thing, isn't it? About, um, Jota being a, either being a premium player for 7.5 or an overpriced 6 million pound player. Yeah, I still uh, think he's worth uh, it personally. I don't it's know. It's tricky, isn't it? But I think, I think, uh, to come back to Matt's point about Jota this weekend, um, the, he didn't play yesterday. He didn't play a minute. So, I think it bodes well for him starting at least. Um, but I also think with Firmino's comeback and Champions League again next week, um, maybe this is a game that uh, I could be overthinking, of course, but maybe this is a game that Jota gets 90 minutes and start on the bench next week in the Champions League with yeah. Firmino's comeback. So, but yeah, it's just, it's just the one game week and obviously we'll hold them. But yeah. So, Jordi, sticking with you then. So, the Liverpool are away to Brentford next. And they, uh, Brentford look pretty good, don't they? They look pretty good and they definitely pooped in our Wolves party <laughs> all over our pants. Yeah. Um, other reasons is to suggest that Chelsea side, this would be Klopp's biggest test this season in the Premier League. Well, then, yeah, I think so. Brentford are the only side with Manchester City to keep their opposition XG below 1.0 in the, in the, in the last four game weeks. So, yeah, it will prove to be a good test for, for Liverpool, especially since they since Brentford will play with uh, three or five at the back, whichever way you look at it. Um, and they only face Chelsea who played like that or with that with that kind of defense. And they struggled, so in the first half. So, yeah, it will, it will be a tricky game for them, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think Brentford have looked very good. And, I mean, this is the thing. I thought last week Crystal Palace would give Liverpool a harder game, a tougher game. And uh, Liverpool end up winning three 0 And admittedly, I think they, you know, they they did very well. They're just such a strong attacking force at the moment. Liverpool. It's really hard to say that they're not going to steamroll every team they play. I think Palace are a very good side. I think they're very well organised side. And I think Klopp was even making comments after the game saying that was the the best three 0 win of his career. I don't know <laughs> if that's uh, damning them with faint praise, but anyway, best three 0 win this week. Yeah, yeah. So. Brentford should be a tough test. I don't see them Liverpool winning 3-0. They're away. It's, you know, there are factors against them. But at the same time, we've not really seen Brentford tested. I mean, they dealt very well with Wolves. That was impressive. But uh, Liverpool will be a different proposition. It'd be really, really interesting to see how Brentford do. It's hard to call. So, you know, captain choice. I'm I'm between Ronaldo and, and Salah. I think they're the two best picks this week. Although there is a sort of differential choice in uh, in Antonio. I think it will be interesting to see uh, our Liverpool line up in midfield because they will be without Thiago and uh, Elliot. So who will be their most advanced player in midfield? Will Curtis Jones play? I don't know, but it's, yeah. It will be interesting to see how they line up, I think. But are there goals in this fixture? For the Brentford game, not yeah. for me. No, no. I, I agree with Will. Okay, good. Uh, will, I'm going to stick with you, actually. Crystal Palace... Good side. They're playing Brighton Monday night football. 
of course, in the uh, what's known as the A23 derby for any any road fans out there. Um, form tends to go out the window for this fixture, which could be bad news for Seagull fans. Brighton have failed to beat Palace in the past four games. The Eagles picking up two wins. However, those two wins have come at the MX. And of course, we're playing at Southhouse Park. Uh, the past two games at Southhouse Park have both been entertaining 1-1 draws. If those things exist, they do. Uh, but it feels like both these teams have evolved somewhat. Can we expect more of a goal pie this time round? I'm really looking forward to this game. I think both sides, I think, I don't know if the others will agree with me, but I think um, Brighton haven't been as solid defensively uh, as I've seen them, in, in as I expected them to be. Mm. Um, but, they, you know, they're, they're, they are trying to maybe attack more. And you've got... Tarek Lamptey, he don't think he'll start this game, but he's coming back and he'll he's quite an exciting player, as we know from last year before he was injured. Um, Crystal Palace, I think, will really want to win this one. I think the team is, you can see that the team has belief in the manager and what the manager's trying to do. You kind of get, I don't think they'll be too uh, demoralised by the defeat to Liverpool. And I really expect a strong performance from Palace. So given that Brighton aren't... Um, maybe at their best at the moment. I'm I'm thinking Palace win this one. I'm, I'll be hoping for a no-no. Yeah, same here. I don't think it'll happen, but I, I'd love it. <laughs> Kevin Keegan style, love it. <laughs> I, I still think I think I still think it will be a draw, a low scoring draw, but yeah. It's it's a tricky game, isn't it? You can it can go both ways. Uh beforehand I'd say It'll be a low-scoring game. But yes, yeah, Monday, Monday night football, everything can happen. Crystal Palace Brighton is my uh, goalkeeper derby. Quite looking forward to that. I've gone for Guaita because he's at home, but you know. I, I'm going to have two um, Brighton defenders, which is which kind of sucks because I do think Palace are going to score at least one goal. So uh, I'm probably not. It's going to be another week of disappointment with, with Veltman. <laughs> that sounds like a novel. At least you can get an assist. Yeah, hopefully. He'll probably get dropped now at this stage. You think? Nah, surely Well, I, I, I've been kind of thinking about it because I don't think Duffy is... I think Duffy has been playing for that spot. I think Duffy's made that spot his. I'm just worried about when, the you know, the right wing-backs uh, options open up, uh, the likes of... Um, uh, what's in it? Lamptey. I, I know he's probably not due back. Kukura. But there's the other guy who can play there... Um, I think my biggest worry is that the, the current back tree for Brighton might remain there and it might be Veltman that misses out if he decides to change thing, things around. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, but that, that's my worry. I, I might just throw in Duffy on wildcard and save five, uh, you know, half a million. You never thought you'd say that at the beginning of the season, did you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and I like Duffy. Obviously, you know, he does well for the national team. He comes up with some late goals and stuff. He has very, very good goal track. He's played well, I thought, for Brighton. You know, at, at the start of the season, we didn't think he was going to be nailed. And obviously, through circumstances, he he got a chance at centre-back. And I really think he's done enough to keep that spot. I could be wrong, but I don't see... If Brighton are toured, I don't think he's going to make too many changes in, in that defence. Mm. Edward could be the hero, of course. You've got him, haven't you, Will? Haven't you got him, Will, Edward? No, I didn't get him in draft. Oh, and then I tried to get him and I couldn't get him because... <laughs> Someone below me got him. Uh, never mind. Thanks for that, Alfie. <laughs> Matt, uh, you touched upon it there. The Foxes host Burnley this game week. Uh, the last time Burnley won away to Leicester was in the championship in 2007 when Bleeding Love 
by Leona Lewis was number one. We all, of course, remember that, don't we? Uh, normally, we'd back a few Leicester players, but given they're in different form, are we better off staying the hell away from them until we know what what? Yeah, I, I reckon it's the safe option because we, we just haven't seen the, the kind of Leicester of, of old, uh, you know, yet this season. No one really stands out at the moment. Maybe Vardy. They, they, they did score a good goal there last week against Brighton. Uh, obviously, it turned out as a consolation in the end. But um, it, it was a well-worked goal, you know, from the corner, a little back heel, and then flick through to Vardy, who uh, all the defenders seemed to switch off. So so maybe Vardy, but... Mm, you get those other premiums, though, you know. Exactly. This is what I mean. If it comes down to, you know, Ronaldo, Salah, or Vardy, I'm taking Salah and Ronaldo way before I even think of Vardy and there's just or, or, or Lukaku even and there's just no way to get Vardy in at the moment unless you're sacrificing one of those which in my opinion is is you know asking for trouble um, so yeah and, and, and like that defensive options aren't really an option at the moment it's it's it's, no, it's, it's a shame because they do have the fixtures coming up on paper but Soyuncu in particular looks like a completely different player at the minute um, Vestigard is probably going to need a little bit of time to, you know, integrate with the squad. Um, I, I think is Evans still out or is he back now? Um, I can't remember. I and then the fullbacks, I think it's the fullbacks were, were still waiting to see how, you know, for, for them to kind of click and gel. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a wait and see with Leicester, which is a shame because they do have the fixtures coming up, uh, a, a kind of handy run over the next three or four week, uh, game weeks. So I think it is better to err on the side of caution and just hold off for now. I don't think their their fixtures are necessarily good, uh, apart from Burnley at home game week six. But yeah, they they travel to Palace and Brentford in seven in game week seven and nine, and they are the kind of games I think. Yeah, Palace and Brentford will yeah. do good in. Yeah, maybe maybe on paper they're not as good actually. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're I think you can easily get fooled by the uh, the FDR rating on Fantasy Premier League. Uh, yeah, so. true. Yeah, I completely agree about getting fooled by the FDR rating. I think that's um, it's really it's really tricky because you kind of we respond so instinctively to colours, don't we? So it's like mm-hmm. oh, yeah. it's a nice green fixture and it's red. But and you, you have to look at it. You have to go like, well, is this defence that bad? Is this team that bad? What what are they basing it on? I mean, sometimes you want to look at, okay, maybe a team's not a great fixture, but does that mean they're not great in attack? They're not great in defence? Like which, or they're just not great overall? Is it kind of a blend of the two? Um, And also look at form, like how are teams playing at the moment? Um, This is sort of back to my point, like, you know, Southampton, I think have looked quite good. I think they look quite good against Manchester City. And is that, so that's making me question, is that, you know, yeah, we expect Chelsea to beat Southampton, but I'm talking about um, game week seven. But do we really? Is that such? Is that such an easy fixer for them? I'm not so sure that it is. No, they go at teams as well, Southampton, don't they? That's why City, uh, City don't like it with the teams high press against them. And uh, Southampton, no, they do it well. I think sometimes it comes off and sometimes it doesn't. But at the moment, I mean, they've not conceded goals in uh, two matches, have they? Yeah, they've back back clean sheets. So yeah, it's very good. Mm. So goals. Going back to goals, Jordi. Jamie Vardy, as Matt says, hmm, not too sure. He has only two goals in his last 10 appearances for versus Burnley. So let's imagine he's out of our choices. Uh, one striker who does like, like this fixture, and you're going to love this, is, uh, of course, Burnley's Chris Wood, 6.8 million. Eight appearances, four goals versus Leicester, three in his last four. And with Norwich coming up in game week seven, 
is the big Kiwi lad, is this the secret sensible differential choice? Well, you'll be surprised, but I did did have a look at him uh, when I wildcarded last week. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually did pick him on a wildcard on fan team. Uh, But that's something else. Um, But do you want to go there at at that price? I think he's I think he's a bit overpriced, um, uh, and I actually never liked uh, Bernie strikers. I mean, yeah, they're a bit goal shy, or yeah, I I don't know if they they are a bit goal shy, but you th- that's the general th- thinking when you when you talk about Bernie strikers. You think they're goal shy, but they're not. I mean, yeah. he's a, he's a 15 goal a season striker, which is not far off Patrick Bamford. Everyone love, loves Patrick Bamford. Uh, I think Bamford is overpriced as well, so but that's another <laughs> subject. Um, uh, uh, yeah, do you see him score away to Leicester? I'm not sure I see, I, I do. Uh, I'm not sure about that Leicester defence, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, that's true. But I'm not sure about it's, Leicester it's, in general. It's the it's it's kind of defence <laughs> you bet on to, to get a clean sheet uh, if you had a, Le- a Leicester defender. So I'm not very fond of Chris Wood, to be fair. Well, he scored 12 goals last season. He's got to score at some point. He hasn't. He hasn't. Sc- he has scored one this season. He scored one five yeah. games. So, so if we look, Matt, if we look at our duometer, he, he's due. He's due a goal. P- possibly, and I, I, I can't remember who it was, but in another group, someone posted up. Um, Burnley have Norwich coming up, and um, someone was saying that Norwich they concede a lot, a lot of chances from their left back position. So, you know, the right wing spot for the attacking team. And, you know, that could be an opportunity for crosses to be put into Chris Wood and that fixture in particular. And, and I, I don't think it's impossible for Burnley to get a win against Leicester with the form they're in. So, again, if you need a, a striker in that whatever six to seven million range, uh, you know, Chris Wood could be uh, an option. Burnley are gone for it. I will give them credit. Like, like we've talked about last week or the week before, they always come across as a team that to me are always a bit static, a bit rigid and you know very structured not a lot of fluidity to it but they've, they've gone out against teams like Liverpool and fair enough they've lost but they've you know tried to attack and tried to create chances and I, w- I will give them that you know all credit where it's due so maybe going against a team like Leicester where their defence is a bit vulnerable and they might be on the back foot a little bit you know where their confidence isn't as you know at, at peak there could be a goal or two in it for Burnley I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised so yeah, Burnley's Cup, uh, let's say they have Leicester and then Norwich. And obviously an away trip to Man City, that might be a little bit tricky. That's when you drop in. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so well, over the next two, I, I, I don't see why Chris Wood couldn't pick up a goal or two. So, yeah, I don't see why not. The thing is, he's, he's especially for my team, he's at a pretty tricky price point. 6.9 yeah. is not a, in the in the forward bracket. It's not an easy Yeah, change. it's very team-dependent. Yeah. So, Will, if it's a choice between Antonio this week or Chris Wood for this week and next week, who who should I who should who should one who should I go for? <laughs> I'd always go for Antonio because he's um, his stats are so, I mean, he's just his stats are so much better. It sounds like a geeky thing to say, but you watch <laughs> him and you can just see he's so he's just so involved. You just you know he's he's all of his goals have come from inside the box. And that's not because he's bad at long shooters, because he's always in the box, always trying to get in the end of things and hassle defenders. And mm. his physical presence means he creates chances. Uh, no, you should always go for Antonio over Wood. Oh, but remember last week when I suggested loads of strikers to you and you said no to all of them and they all scored? <laughs> Reminds <laughs> me. Who do you suggest? I said uh, Dennis. 
And you were like, he won't play. No, he won't play much going forward. I, st- I stand by yeah, that. I wanted I think, that. Well, yeah. I wanted, I'm not about if this week. If we wanted one last week. week. Yeah, we, right. don't do, we don't do one week. We don't do one week still. We've discussed this. Because <laughs> otherwise I would have gone for Pookie. Uh, it was the was the first time yeah. in four games Dennis got subbed. So. What was it? There you go. The FPL Weekly. Brought to you by me, Alfie. On Alfie Pod's fantasy footy. Chatty football pie. Will, let's talk the two big fixtures coming up in game week six. Chelsea versus City. But first up, Arsenal versus Spurs, the North London derby. Uh, Nuno's boys are really starting to prove how much... Jose overachieved with that squad, it appears. Uh, despite a positive start versus Chelsea last week, they had their pants pulled down, getting spanked 3-0. Uh, Arsenal come to this fixture on the back of two 1-0 wins, however, they're far from convincing themselves. Uh, are there points here for fantasy managers? And if so, are we avoiding clean sheets? I think when you're after points as a fantasy manager, you ideally don't want to go for two big sides playing each other because it's, it's more mm. unpredictable. You always want to target a good side against a weak side. That's kind of your, Sorry, but your this go-to. is, sorry, just to clarify, this is two weak sides versus each other. Or, so. or two, or, <laughs> or as I was about to say, or two fit sides when they play each other. Because <laughs> you just never know what you're going to get. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, my thoughts on, on Spurs from last week, frustrated uh, Lukaku captain. Uh, Chelsea won 3-0, which I thought they probably would win 3-0. You know, if I, if I was going to pick one team to win 3-0 last week, it would have been Chelsea rather mm. than Liverpool. Um, the only thing is Spurs somehow managed to defend and, and keep Lukaku at bay, but allow everybody else to get chances. <laughs> that was amazing, <laughs> like, wasn't it? You can't just stop Lukaku and expect them not to score. They can get goals from other places, uh, which they did. Um <sighs> I mean, as I've been saying, Spurs are a work in progress. They had that, um, you know, big... They, they were really done over by the international break. You know, the Argentines in the squad only came back uh, and, and uh, Sanchez too only came back on um, on Saturday, the day before the game. So you can't imagine that the preparation was very good going into the Chelsea game. They did, uh, you know, I talked last week about the, um, the midfield three of uh, Hoiberg, Skip and Winks and how uncreative and uninspiring <laughs> it is for anyone. Um, and he changed it and he put Ndombele and Lacelso in. I guess, I think he probably went, you know, cap in hand to Ndombele, please come back. We please do something football. with the football. Yeah. And uh, we were kind of all right in the first part of the first half. I yeah. mean, Chelsea still had their moments, but then we ran out of steam. And I think that's probably lack of preparation. It's, you know, it's a lot of, it's, that's, you know, the new manager getting his players to do up to speed and, and what he wants to do. So, but it was encouraging to see him pick a slightly more attacking midfield. And he persists with, persisted with his two attacking fullbacks of Regulon and mm. Emerson Royale, which I was surprised by, because I thought if you're going to put two more creative players in the midfield, maybe you wouldn't, maybe you'd kind of be a bit more cautious with your fullbacks, but no, he went for it. So that's really interesting to see. Don't know what that means for the Arsenal game, uh, sitting on the fence again. Um, <laughs> I'm sensing fear. Least, I'm sensing a bit uh, of fear. There's a little bit of fear, but I'm not, I I feel the centre-back partnership of Romero and Dyer could be good. And I'm so I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll keep them out through the middle. As long as we don't get sidetracked with just marking one player, and remember that there's 11 players we have to concentrate on, then I think we might be okay. I'm, Arsenal, on the other hand, um, Kieran Tierney still looks good. Um, Udegaard got a great uh, free kick goal, but 
Didn't Tierney go off injured? Yeah, but I think he's. It was cramp, wasn't it? I think it was. Okay. Um, I don't think it was anything more serious than that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not expecting an exciting game. I'm going to say this is going to be a boring one-one or nil-nil. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, we've, myself and Yordi have got. We're invested in Saka. Uh, I can't seem to get rid of Saka because every time. Uh, every week I seem to have an Everton striker injured that I need to get rid of. Why would you want to get rid of Saka? Arsenal not very good, Jordi. That's well, a simple fact. <laughs> They're not very good. <laughs> he's only 6.3. Well, uh, you get Rafinha, playing, mate. That's why. I get Rafinha. Yeah, but I already have Rafinha. Yeah, but well, I'm but not your play, side, am playing, I? So. <laughs> no, but, but he's playing... They have a, they have a good run of fixtures. And he's playing, he's playing left winger or right winger for... Yeah, for an Arsenal side that should be better than the sides they face in the next couple of... But yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not desperate to get rid of him. I'm not desperate to get rid of him. Okay. It's just the fact that the plan was to have Calvert-Lewin, then Calvert-Lewin got injured, and then I was going to swift. Yeah. I was going to have Saka because... for one fixture, but he did well last week. So I'm happy to kind of have him there. I'm not desperate to get rid of him, but I think there are other options in that price range for me. Because I, I had I had Sissoko in that spot uh, when I had made my first draft for my wildcard last week. And I had 1.8 in the bank. And that's the exact difference between Sissoko and Saka. So I thought, okay, I pick Saka. But then I checked the, the uh, FPL statistics site for the price drops. And he was nearing a price drop. So that was the only issue for me with regards to picking Saka. But nevertheless, ah. I picked him. I thought, okay, if he can get one return against Burnley, mm. then it will surely hold off a price drop. But he's still going downwards, and I'm like, <laughs> why are people selling Saka? Yeah. I mean, he's at he's at a very cheap price for what he's expected to do, and he's nearing a good run of fixtures. So, is the answer Saul? Are they selling him for Saul? Is Mel Saul? Uh, possibly. I think most are now, but it, it was already prior to game week five, of uh, of course. So. Mm. I still fancy. I think if any, if Arsenal's going to do anything, it, it will probably come through Saka. There's no doubt. I think it, it could get a goal against Spurs. I can see that happening. I can see a lot of people scoring goals against Spurs, but that's a different <laughs> thing altogether. Uh, do you want to hear some facts uh, about the North London derby? Last time Spurs won at the Emirates in the Premier League was 2010. That's with three-two victory. Uh, will, can you name the goal scorers for Spurs that day? 2010. 2010. It's too long ago for me. Gervinio? No. Oh, for Spurs. For Spurs. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Good guess, Matt. Why not Gervinio? <laughs> Go on, and Will. Uh, yes, it's showing my true uh, loyalty to the club. I've got no, I've got no clue at all. Twenty ten. Um, yeah, exactly. No. Oh. Go Added on. By your There's one really. Gary Lineker, Vinny Samuels, from the Vard. <laughs> Bale, Gareth, yeah, Van Gareth, der Vaart. Gareth Bale, Van der Vaar, and a defender, and you bought him off. We saw Cotto. I saw Cotto. No, as a Pompey fan, we bought him off you, and then when Pompey when fan, Kabul. Oh yeah, Kabul. Kabul. There you yeah, go. Kabul. And then yeah. when you stole our manager, you bought him again. Yeah, Yunus Kabul. He's good. He was. All right, who's cool for Arsenal then? Jovino. <laughs> 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 I tell you, um, he's a little git, and he likes blood transfusions. He's a drugstore. Thomas, Rosi Thomas Rosicki. 
No, the, sorry, if there's any lawyers listening, we don't know that's true. So was resisting. No, <laughs> Sam, Samir Nasri. Oh, Samir oh, yeah. Nasri. And yeah. the other one, I think this must have been his only goal. He was a really, really, really shit striker. Useful. Uh, no, no. No, they've had a few, haven't they, Arsenal? Marouane Shamak. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go on then, Will. You want more to say on this fixture, don't you, I suppose? Oh, I mean, I was only going to say the point about, it was a small point about Saka, which was just that the reason, like a lot after a big international tournament, and you look at Luke Shaw's ownership and popularity, you get a lot of the England players will be very highly owned uh, if they've done well or if there's been some sort of good feeling towards them. I think despite a lot of, you know, Saka got a lot of criticism, but he also got a lot of support as well and was and did well in the in the tournament. So I think that's probably why he was, he was just in people's minds. And that's why his ownership is going down because he has already dropped. He was high to start with it. He was high to start with. That's why. I mean, the price thing is really an indication of what do people get right and what do they get wrong? So if you look at the players who've gone up in price most, it's Ben Rama and Antonio because they're the people that the crowd wasn't really thinking about before the season started. But they're the ones who've surprised people and done well. People like Salah haven't got a price rise yet because everyone knew that Salah was good. Well, he had, he dropped already. Right. He sort of went up and down, didn't he, already? Yeah. Um, but that was because of the Ronaldo coming in, which we could talk about in a moment. But, I mean, he basically, he's he's not had a huge four-point price rise, which the West Ham players have had, because he was already very highly owned to right, start with. Yeah. Like he's, he was already quite high. Ronaldo's obviously come in, and um, aside from his price being locked to start with, it's then a slow, people get used to, oh, they get Ronaldo. So his price goes up a bit quicker because his, his original ownership base was lower. And conversely, like for Saka, if you start with a high ownership level and then you do poorly, you're more likely to go down than if you start with a, a low ownership level. So that's kind of like, you know, pre-season, you don't always want to get the most popular 4.0 defender, if that's, you know, or 4.0 yeah. goalkeeper, because they're more likely to get a price drop. You kind of want to go, you maybe want to avoid those players. Anyway, it's a slight tangent. No, no, that's fine because um, I kind of felt that myself when I lazily bought Brendier in. I thought, well, I'll bring him in for one game where you can get him out. But obviously, there was a lot of buzz around him, wasn't it, beginning of the season. So everyone, loads of people who wouldn't necessarily be into football got into him. I I, I wonder how many people got into Rashford after the years because it's funny, like people like my mum and lots of mates who never watch football, they love Rashford. They think he's the best footballer of all time. You too, right? (laughs) No, definitely not. He's a lovely guy, but there's a difference between being a lovely guy and being good at football and uh, Marcus Rashford isn't quite there for me yet. And he shouldn't be anywhere near the England team, that's for sure. It's funny you should say that. My my fiancé, she has no interest in football. If Lionel Messi comes on the TV, she doesn't know who he is. Marcus Rashford, <laughs> Rashford she knows who he is. It's crazy. That, like, it? I, I couldn't believe that. Like, you know, I haven't got the heart to tell them that he's not very good. You know, I think he's all right. I, would, I think you're being too harsh on <laughs> the criticism know, I'm of him. I'm being pantomime villain. But the point is, he's not as good as. I just. Ah, oh, shut up. He's not I as good just, as Lionel Messi. That's he's Jordi, big clash this weekend. Chelsea versus Man City. You could argue that Chelsea have a slight psychological advantage over City, having beaten them in the Champions League final. And the fact that since arriving at Sanford Bridge, Tuchel's played Pep's boys three times and won all three, keeping two clean sheets. Uh, Is this a cagey affair for fantasy managers to avoid? Maybe, if anything, focus on Chelsea defenders for a clean sheet. 
Well, I don't know if it's a clash to avoid, but uh, I, I, I agree it's certainly not a game to bring players in for. Um, so you got to stick to your guns and yeah, well, unless you're Will, you got to sell Lukaku. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm keeping him. I can see him scoring a goal. Of course, yeah, I can see him scoring a goal in any game, but it's a really unpredictable game in my opinion. I've seen loads saying it will be a cagey affair. Uh, both managers will be okay with the draw early in the season. Yeah. So... But uh, yeah, how uh, how do you set up your team if you're playing for a draw? Can you play for a draw if you're both fine with it? I I don't think so. If Pep has to go for a win, doesn't he? Uh, I mean, I mean, if you're nil nil and you you're in front of the goal, you 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 shoot wide because you're playing for a draw. <laughs> what the hell do you do? Well, if you've been to watch Portsmouth this season, I think that's what we've been doing. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, if it's but no. the, uh, the last match of a World Cup group qualification, you know that a draw will see both teams through. <laughs> Classic Germany-Austria style. Yeah, but still, exactly. but still, how do you play? I mean... Just pass the ball around, don't have any shots. Yeah, but that will be too obvious, especially in a game like this, because, yeah, it's still a competitive Premier League game, so... Are we talking about how do you do match fixing? Yeah. How do you do match fixing so it's not obvious? My professional footballer, Jordi van der Some football matches... Uh, are obvious when like you say at the end of the competition both teams need to draw to finish where they want so but n- not this one I, I mean yeah. this will be one of the games uh, with the most viewers around the world so I think Pep's got too much riding on this I think Pep he needs to get a win over Tuchel I think he, he, needs, to get a wi- he needs to get a win because he's got of a last week back. he's got a monkey he on his always, back yeah he always has something up his sleeve in big games, and most of the times it doesn't work out. But yeah, he overthinks it, he, doesn't he? He overthinks big games. It's exactly what he did yeah. in the Champions League final. You went in, like you just had to see the pre-match uh, in team interviews before the Champions League final, and be like, "Well, Chelsea have won this easily." Like Tuchel was so confident, so relaxed, waving to the fans. All the the spirit of the Chelsea players was fantastic. Pep was like deep in his own head <laughs> not having a clue what was going on trying to project relax but at the same time just like overthinking everything and just that nervousness translates to the team in my opinion that lack of coherence there's history of that yeah. as well with Munich as well completely yeah it'll be interesting to see how he lines up uh, Guardiola I mean the Bruyne back from injury played uh, I don't know how long he played but he started last night last in the night, cup yeah I'd so scored. I reckon he will start against Chelsea. Well, surely Foden. Uh, Foden gets he, he used, start. He used to do good against Chelsea, I think, from memory. Uh, but then there's also Gundogan who's injured at the moment. Uh, Torres started last night. So will he play with a guy like Torres up front or will, will he play with De Bruyne as a false nine? Well, you look like you're going to speak. You look like you're going to speak, Will, because you've got the hat there. Just in position ready oh right you know what I mean it's like it's like being on your toes in football you know you've got to be on your toes got to be ready any shift of possession yeah I'm just ready with so, the hat in case so Will how do you think you will line up cover. I have literally no idea I'm not a fool I want to start trying to predict Man City because that is a fool's <laughs> game yeah I think we've all agreed to go nowhere near Man City this season at the yeah. moment anyway I think we can fairly guess uh, Sterling will be on the bench <laughs> you see you're already saying stuff he'll probably start up front now won't he yeah. I mean it's like yeah. anything no I don't know I just feel that like I keep making this point that City need to be winning 5-0 every game because they rotate so much you never know who's going to play 
Um, I would say Jack Grealish, if you're going to draw me on the subject, Jack Grealish is probably the most likely to feature, mm. uh, apart from the defence. But um, they need to be scoring so many goals. And the fact that Jack Grealish, the most nailed player, isn't getting that many goals and isn't that you know isn't getting that many assists, and you're kind of like, well, just go for a defender. I think I think well, the defense, yeah. it's Cancelo Diaz is a bigger question for me rather than their mm. rather than their attack. At midfielders, I think I'd much rather have Wilfred Saha over any City midfielder, to be honest. More likely to do stuff, especially this weekend. Brighton Di- eight twenty three <laughs> derby. Come on. Well, you said you said Cancelo or Diaz is the main question for you. Does that mean you're excluding any City attacker or midfielder from? West yeah, Grealish is the one the one player you'd consider having. But I think for that eight million price, when you've got players like Saar or you know who Rafinha or even Ben Rama is still somehow managing to get some points, although he's arguably a little lucky at the weekend. Then yeah, but Grealish needs to deliver more. He needs he's getting the stats. But you know, I think you probably know this. It forms a thing like when a player's in form and scoring lots of goals, it's kind of that's when you want to jump on because it is real. And, you know, Jack mm. Reese has a, you know, once he hits form, then there's loads of supporting data to go. He's going to, he's going to go have a good period now, you know, yeah. going to stay in form. But I'm, I wouldn't, I'm, yeah. I, he'll probably do well, score a hat trick, and I'll take another hit and transfer him in next week. That's what's going to happen. But at the moment, um, I'm, I'm happy with my argument for not having him. Who are you? Gareth Southgate, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, let's bring you into the mix. Uh, where do you stand on Alonso? Uh, 5.8 mil now, that's risen to. Surely he surely holds better value than Trent, no? Possibly, yeah. Um, he does what? One point, what what's Trent now? 7.5 or? I think so. But I don't know. I've, I've not had him for a while. So that's yeah, 7.5. Seven six, sorry, seven six. I, I, I certainly, I certainly think if we're looking at in terms of value, what what price the players are, I definitely think Alonso holds a bit more value than Trent. Um, you know, they will have their share, fair share of set pieces. Chelsea are after City. Chelsea are coming into some nice fixtures. Alonso looks like a very important player, like we touched on last week. Uh, got the captaincy in one of the games. He's been getting very advanced as we see whenever he plays in in, in other games. Just in previous seasons, it was a question of how often he was going to be playing. But it certainly looks like he has that left left back spot or left wing back spot, whatever you want to call it. Or you could literally say left striker spot at times. He's been yeah. that much, you know, in the box. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't got the stats available to me. I'm sure one of the guys can come in. But just from looking at him alone, you know, and, and with the eye test, he he's looking like a phenomenal player right now. And certainly, yeah. You know, a really essential uh, FPL asset at the moment. What's so yeah, that? Okay. sorry. I was. About, I thought. I thought you were taking oh, a ahead, pause. I ahead. was about to jump in with the stat and say he's the only defender. He's in the top four for chances created and uh, shots in the box. So he's kind of got this kind of dual threat at the moment. So yeah, he's you know, and, and he's the top scorer FPL defenders as mentioned. So yeah, yeah. Good, good. Anyway, sorry. Carry on. Yeah, and he he has a history of hitting some really good scores. You know, I, I remember famous, well, not famously, famously to me. Um, I took him out for a, I took him out for a four point hit, and that that weekend he uh, got twenty one points or something. Ooh. So, you know, I, oh, I, once I had him points, yeah. at the time. Yeah, so um, uh, you know, that does ring in the back of my mind that time. So I am I am aware of what he's capable of when he's on form. So uh, yeah, he, I I don't think he could he, he could do well against City. I, I think Chelsea are going to do well against City. Obviously, the news there with uh, 
Stones and who else? Uh, Laporte out for two weeks. So, you know, City couldn't score against Southampton last week. They they grinded out result against Leicester. I don't think they have the goods to sit back and try and grind, grind something out against Chelsea. We've seen Chelsea come out and dominate Liverpool up until that red card. But having said that, Havertz is my only Chelsea player. He'll find a way to get two points this weekend. He actually he won't even start. He'll he'll play tonight in the cup, knowing my luck. So yeah, I, I I'm expecting a lot from Chelsea this weekend. And anyone who already has Alonso, I I wouldn't even dream of benching him. I, I'd be playing him and expecting a return. So yeah, when I wildcard, he'll be the first name along with Lukaku uh, in my team. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because his highest um, point output was 2016, 2017. That was six goals, five assists. That's uh, 177 points overall. And you could argue, make the argument for Trent and say, well, Trent, what has done like 250. But the money you save from Alonso, you invest in another 150 points, if that makes sense, isn't it? On top of another player. That's why I see it anyway. But you guys obviously know more than that about me. To be honest, I'd just get both. I'd find a way to get Trent and Alonso, I think. Thank you very much for listening this week. Game Week 6 is on the horizon. hope that was helpful for you. And uh, exciting talk from Matt there. Alonso and Trent. Although, is it just me? I think that will cripple the enjoyment for the rest of his squad because he won't be able to... And how do you get Lukaku and Ronaldo? I mean, such a headache for everyone, isn't it? Anyway, yes, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we'll be back next week. I think it's next week. When's the next international break? I don't know. We'll have to check on that. For more content from the boys, you can find Yordi at Yoki FPL. You, basically, you find all the Twitter links on my blurb that you can just look at on here. Okay, and you can follow me on Twitter at AlfPodsFF. Uh, do say hi. Hi. And I'll say hi back. Hi. And of course, if you do enjoy listening to this podcast, please tell people because uh, the more you do that, the more likely it is to continue. And we don't want it to end, do we? No. All right. Thank you for listening and good luck with game week number six. We'll see you on the other side. Bye bye. Every year, loving you can be so much hell. Stats and reading tweets, exploring all the injuries. XGA and XGC, a captain going ecstasy. You did it, you did it, you did it, FBL. I'm dead, I'm shady, I'm thirsty for this hell. FBL, we please.